thank you, God, for the help of the Holy Spirit today. Holy Spirit, lead us, guide us into all truth. Reveal unto us today. Bring everything back to our remembrance that the word has spoken unto us today. God, our hearts are open and receptive. Speak, Lord, speak. We just give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise, God. God, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And God, you shall get all the glory. You shall get all the honor and the praise on today. And God, I bind pride in this place. And I lose your humility, God, right now in the name of Jesus, because you said you resist the proud, but you give grace unto the humble. So God, I thank you that we humble ourselves up under your mighty hand and you shall exalt us in due season. And God, I hear you say, be not weary in your well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. So God, doing all to stand, we stand on today. And in our standing, God, we will rejoice. And again, God, I say, we will rejoice in Jesus' name. Open your Bibles for me today to the book of 2 Timothy, the second chapter. And let's hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say unto the church. 2 Timothy, the second chapter, beginning at verse 13 and ending at verse 13. We honor God and we honor his word. So we want to reverence him while the word of God is going forth. Amen. And the word of God reads, if we believe not, yet he abided faithful. He cannot deny himself. Let me read that again. If we believe not, yet he abided faithful. He cannot deny himself. I just got to read it again. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. I got to do it again. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Oh, don't that make you feel good? I want to talk about this morning. God is faithful. God is faithful. And I believe God is bringing this back into the body of Christ for a reason. God always have a reason for bringing back things that we have been once taught on before. And sometimes we don't understand, but by and by we will. You may not feel like you need this teaching right now, but I guarantee you, you will need it when you get up out of here. God don't give you a word just to give you a word. He give you a word to hang on to. Because when God's word is being spoken, it is him speaking unto you. And I think that we miss that when we go into the word of life, the word of God. I want you to know this is a Bible. And this Bible is so full of him. And it is written unto us. And this Bible that we read is life. His words are spirit and they are life. So don't take it lightly that when you open up your Bible, 
You are hearing from him. Some of us say, God, I need somebody to give me a word. You have the word. And the more time you spend with the word, you're not worrying about nobody prophesying, prophesying. You ain't worrying about that no more because you got everything that you need. God has given us that through his son. But he's here to encourage you today to let you know that he is faithful when we look at that word faithful that means that he is trustworthy that means that he is sure that means that you can depend you can rely on God let me say it again he is trustworthy he is sure you can rely on him you can depend on him God is not gonna go back on what he said that's just how faithful he is and in first Thessalonians 5 24 it says Faithful is he who has called you and will also do it. Faithful is he who has called you who would also do it. So that's why in the book of Timothy, Paul was encouraging Timothy to let him know if we don't believe, God is going to remain who he is. God is going to remain faithful he's not going to be another he's not going to be different that's what he was telling Timothy and Timothy was a pastor so we know that pastors go through some things we know that they have uh situations in every area of their life so Paul had to encourage Timothy because he knew Timothy was going to go through some things so he said Timothy if we don't believe I'm here to tell you yet God remains faithful he remains trustworthy he's not going to change he's the same today yesterday and forever that's who he is and I'm telling you when you meditate right there to know that God is faithful and see faith come by hearing and hearing come by the word of God because I believe some of us in this room is going through some things it may be in your finances it may be in your body it may be with your children it may be on your job but God is here to encourage you that he is faithful and he said even when we don't believe Come on, we get to a point in our lives that we say that we're believing, but when the fires turn up hotter, we just turn away from who he is. See, God is not going to change. He is so faithful that he said he will not leave us, nor shall he forsake us. He will be with us even until the end. I like what Romans 3 Three has said Paul was still speaking here now so we got two verses of scriptures that tell us that God is faithful but in Romans 3 3 it says for what if some did not believe shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect he said what if there was some that did not believe shall their unbelief make God without effect and the Bible said God forbid let God be true. Let God be faithful. Let God be trustworthy. Let God be the one you lean on and depend on. He said, let man become a liar. So this is what Paul is saying in the book of Romans. He's saying it in Timothy and he's saying it again in 1 Thessalonians. So that should tell us that Paul recognized just how faithful God is. So this morning, I want to really ask you, do you know that God is faithful? 
Do you really know that God is faithful? Because I'm telling you, when change come in your life, we don't even think about there's a God. Because we're trying to work it out ourselves. We're trying to fix it. We're trying to get it together. And sometimes we feel good about what we do because we feel like we accomplished something. But I'm here to tell you, you're not God. You cannot do or even come close to what God has already done. And the thing that I have learned is my works is not going to get me nothing from God because God has already given me everything I need by grace. That's why the Bible said by grace you're saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So if I know how faithful God is, then I'm going to wait. I'm not going to try to get ahead of God, no matter how bad it look, no matter what it appeared to be. If I know just how trustworthy God is, I'm going to wait on him because my God does not lie. How do I know that he don't lie? Because the Bible says that God does not deny himself. He is who he is. He is not going to change. So when God make a promise, God make that promise based on him, not based upon us. This is why he said my covenant. And he was talking to David because God made a covenant. He said, my covenant will I not break nor alter the things that have gone out of my lips. He said, I'm not going to break my covenant. I'm not going to alter it. I'm not going to change it. Because he said, if I have given David my word, basically God said, I'm not going back on my word because God is faithful. And even in Psalms 89, it talks about the ones that did not do what God wanted them to do. But God said, I'm going to still remain who I am. God said, I'm still going to remain faithful to my word, to what I have spoken unto you. So he was encouraging David, even in the Psalms, letting him know, no matter what they do or how they do it, I gave you a promise. This was a covenant that has come out of my mouth. He said, and I'm not going to alter it. I'm not going to change it. See, what the enemy want us to see is he want us to focus more on what we're going through than focusing on the promises of God. I don't know about you. Sometimes you can get yourself in a situation, and I'm saying we get ourselves in those situations because situations do come our way, but that don't mean that we go into them. I'm going to say it again. Things do come our way that we get tempted by, but that don't mean that we join in with that temptation. That means that when we recognize who we are now that we're in Christ we don't have to do what everybody else is doing because we know that we're different and this is why you look back in the word of God and we quote this all the time numbers 23 when y'all know old Balaam you know Balak wanted Balaam to to curse Israel and the reason why is because Israel was so numerous And they were afraid of Israel because of the God that they serve. And they kept multiplying and multiplying. And y'all know that when people see you becoming numerous, so when people see you getting a lot of things, they're going to talk about you. Come on. 
They're going to talk about you. They're going to hate on you. They're going to come up with their own conclusion. This is how they got this. And this is how they're getting that. You don't realize you're putting word curses out there upon people because you're speaking things that you don't know. And see, that's what the enemy used because the Bible says you speak those things that be not as though they were. So the enemy is taking the word of God and he's twisting it and he's putting it in the mouths of people and having them to speak against folks because they see them living that good life. So he want word curses to come out even against them. But I got news for those that have been talked about, those that have been lied on, those that have been put down. I'm here to tell you that even with Balaam, when Balaam wanted them to curse Israel and he even took him where Israel was and saw the multitude and he said, curse them. And Balaam said, let me go talk to God about this. So God had to put words in his mouth. And the words that God put in his mouth was to bless Israel. Why? Because he told um, Balak, he said, what God has blessed, it cannot be cursed. He said, it cannot be reversed. He said, you know why? Because God is not man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. He said, have he not said it and shall he not do it? Have he not spoken it and shall he not make it good? So you got to understand all of God's promises is not based on us. Because if they were based on us, there wouldn't be a yes and an amen. See, all of his promises is based on his son because not one person in this room could fulfill not one of them. So I'm going to ask you, why are you trying to do something with God's promises to make them work? That was just from the Holy Ghost. Because he's saying we'll take the word of God and we try to make the word of God work. You can't make nothing work that was working even before you were here. Quit taking a scripture and trying to play out that scripture to get you some healing. Quit taking a scripture and trying to play out prosperity and pay your tithes to get something from God because you're not doing it the way the word of God tell you to do it. Quit playing with the word. It's time for us to know when we know that God is faithful, we trust in his faithfulness. We don't trust in our ability. Haven't we learned man can fail you? This is why all of his promises, he said, my word, as you notice, God always specify, it ain't ours. It's his word. He said, my word shall not come back void. It shall not return unto me empty. He said, but he's going to send his word where he please. And wherever he send his word, we got a guarantee that it's going to prosper. In the thing that he has sent it to do. Y'all, this Bible is so full of life. It's so full of everything you need when you are in a dire situation. God didn't miss nothing. And this is why when we're going through, this is where we should be. We shouldn't be listening to everybody. We should get wise counsel. You can't get counsel for some people that don't even show up in church. You can't get no counsel for people that ain't even in their word and ain't living the life that they need to be living. It's so many people going to people that don't know he's faithful. They only speak in it, but their life is not reflecting it. 
Go back to the Israelites. The Israelites was God's people. They knew the promises of God. But God had to send them a deliverer. And that deliverer was Moses. That deliverer came to bring them out of bondage. But we got to understand that God could not send Moses if Moses did not know who he is. God had to prepare Moses for where he was sending him. Why am I going there? So many people want the pulpit. And so many people want positions in church. But you don't even want to get in your word and spend time with God. You want to be seen. You want to be heard. You want to be attached to. You want people to know you by title. Long as you put title there, you don't have to call me by my name. But all of that, when you get to heaven, you ain't going to have all of that. But we want to have it here on earth. Don't get me wrong. God give us the fivefold and we're supposed to respect who God put us up under. But if those people are not lining up with the word of God, we shouldn't be following them. And you're going to know whom you should follow by being into his word and not just coming into the house of God, not opening up your Bible and going back and say, God, I hear what apostle is saying, but now God, I want you to give it to me so we can make that connection. We need to be on one accord. And as we on one accord, we can begin to accomplish some things. But so many people want to be seen, heard, and attached to. They're not thinking about the people that need this word. The Bible said we got to receive this engrafted word with meekness. And then it's able to save our soul. See, there's even a way that you have to receive the word of God. And God knew that you couldn't even receive it on your own. So he gave you meekness as a fruit. He knew all of us couldn't even go into this word without illumination. And that's why you need the Holy Spirit. And we have the Holy Spirit, but we're not letting him work. We're still trying to figure it out ourselves. We're still trying to get men and women to depend so much on us that we're not getting them to depend on what this word says. See, we're so in so much traditional Uh, ways that the Bible said the traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. That means we're so much into doctoring. We're so much into what we got to go get. But I'm here to tell you there was a school in the Bible and it was the school of the prophets apostle. But the one that ran the school, he didn't go to no school. He just went to God. See, it's so many people that's trying to start something that God didn't tell them to start. See, they want to show you how to be dignified behind the pulpit. See, there are some things that uh, you just start off doing to let people know where you've been. Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to get back to it in just a minute. But I just want you to know, I have a word for you this morning. And I believe that word is going to change your heart. I don't agree that people have a word for you. But that word shouldn't come from a piece of paper. Because when the word is in you, And you've been with the word. You don't need to keep flicking paper and having a hung 
on your paper? Can I get a witness, Calvin? Huh? Can I get some glory up in the house? Uh-huh. Wait a minute, wait a minute, just sit down, just sit down. Huh? We're going to go on. We don't need a piece of paper to flow in the spirit. So that tells me that you're not depending on a true God. You're not depending on the one that you say is faithful. Because I can't say he's faithful and got to run back to the pulpit. And uh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Can I get a witness? See, because if I know that he's faithful, he has given me the Holy Spirit to help me while I'm up here. Because sometimes you have a tendency, surely, to get off key. And the Holy Spirit got to bring you back in. And you got to be able to hear the Spirit when the Spirit is speaking and not being on a piece of paper. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. You're going to write your scriptures down so you don't have to keep flipping because you want to flow. That's all right. But don't put no uh-huhs and amens in between and writing about what you thought you should say. See, that ain't God. That's flesh. And people that's in the congregation that's so in tune to what you're doing, they're jumping up like monkeys and like chickens with their heads cut off. And they're giving you amen to man and not God. The traditions of man makes the word of God of none effect. Don't get me wrong. We want to be taught the word of God. And if anybody want to go to cemetery school, it's okay. But the point of the matter in going to these schools is not to make it about what man think, but about what the word of God is saying. So everybody will be on one accord and you don't have to tell somebody how to pronounce nothing. Because God is going to use you for who you are. He's going to use you. Everybody got to be so politically correct. There's a certain way you got to say God to get people attention. There's a certain way you got to say Jesus. There's a certain time that you got to pause a little bit and uh, wipe your makeup down a little bit. There's a certain time you got to wipe your mouth. And there's a certain time you got to flip like you're knowing something. And there's a certain time you got to put something in there to keep the crowd where they need to be. You know what I'm saying? But see, all of that is man. That is not God. Because if Jesus paused every time he done something, people will be trying to do it themselves. But he didn't. Jesus just gave what he got from the Father, and I'm going somewhere. So how do we know that God is faithful? How do we know that he's trustworthy? How do we know that he's sure? How do we know that we can rely on him? I'm going to tell you how you know, because what a friend I have in Jesus. Meaning that I have gotten to know him so much. That no matter what my situation is, I say you're still trustworthy. You're still sure. 
you still can be relied on even in the midst of something that don't look like it's going to work because God, I got it from you and how I got it from you, I have a relationship. See, I spend time with the Father. So if I'm spending time with the Father, I'm going to get to know who he is on a daily basis. So if I'm getting to know who he is, whatever pop up in my life, I can just grab a part of who he is and make it through the day. Because if I have learned that God is faithful, I can say, God, that's who you is. That's who you are. You are faithful, God. You are trustworthy, God. There's nothing too hard for you. There's nothing too impossible that you cannot do. So God, I'm just going to move out of your way because I feel myself getting in something that you don't want me to get in. You just want me to trust you and lean and depend on you and hear what you want me to do in this situation. So I'm going to be still and know that you're God. And the Bible lets us know, y'all, that it was men and women in the word of God that was our examples And this was the hall of fame of faith. Y'all know in in Hebrews 11, it tell you about those that trusted God for the promise. And some of them died even before they even saw it naturally. But let me tell you something. When you believe God, you see in it spiritually. And if you're seeing it spiritually, that's how you're living naturally. See, you got to be in the spirit to live in the spirit in the natural. If you can't grab it in the spirit first, you ain't going to bring it in the natural. How can some people live by faith and not live by sight? I'm going to tell you how quick it is. When you get to know that God is faithful, you don't trust in your ability no more. You trust in him. When you get to know that God is faithful, when he tells you to come off a job of 13 or 14 years, you come off the job because you said my reliance, my trust is in you. It ain't in my job no more. It's not in man no more. That's when you know that God is faithful because you're not trying to figure out where I'll come off for a while and then I'll go back and find a job because I got at least about 10 in the bank so I can rest a little bit and get behind the pulpit and say God is faithful but let me tell you when God brought me off my job it wasn't nothing in the bank wasn't he no 401k to hardly live off of to keep saying God is faithful See, what God does is God will have you in a place where there's nothing. And that's when he'll say, can you trust me? See, God waited till I got demoted to say, come off. See, this is what I'm saying. When it was nothing there, that's faith. See, some of us can talk this game. I'm here to tell you today, game over. You can talk this game and you can say God is faithful, God is true, God is God, God is this, God is that. But as soon as a change happened in your life, you're complaining and you're murmuring and you're putting God in there a little bit. The thing is, God got to remain faithful because that's who he is. Look at your neighbor, say game is over. Say game is over. See, y'all, we need to quit playing games in the body of Christ. See, we don't understand. We misuse his name when we're saying something and we're not meaning what we're saying, but we're using his name to make people think we're so holy. You don't have to do that to be holy. You're already holy. 
Your holiness don't come from you. It comes from him. When we know who he is, we want to live a holy life. And it's not man-made life by putting on this and putting on that and taking off this and taking off that. Because I want to say, women, some of us need makeup. Some of us need help. But some people say, you got to be pure for God. You don't need all of this and you don't need all of that. I'm here to tell you when I go see Jesus, I ain't going to have all this and have all that. But if I need it here on earth, I'm going to use it. And then when God's glory kick in, you ain't going to see that. You're going to see him. See, the problem is we have ways of doing things to make people right. Having on no makeup don't make you right. Wearing long dresses and things on your head don't make you right. The only thing that has made you right is the blood of Jesus. And that was his blood and not your own. So we need to quit this mess about telling people, you need to present yourself in a way that people know you're saved. I got something to tell y'all. Game over. Because we got some people that look just as pure as the day is long. And doing stuff undercover like nobody else. But they playing the part. They looking like they're holy. They looking like they're sanctified. They doing a little dance. Doing all of it in church. Coming in church on time. Paying their tithes. I love you brother. I love your sister. And they the biggest hole in Pender County. Well pardon that. Pardon that. Because some people don't understand that language. You got people prostituting the gospel. Now, a hoe don't have to be one that's laying around with a man. It can be one that's prostituting the gospel and living so pure, but they're doing just like a prostitute. Let me just word it that way. They're saying things that people want to hear, but their lifestyle after dark ain't doing it. But everybody go to them and want to live like them and be like them. Matter of fact, we got twins in the church. Hanging around sister living right. But the thing is sister living right ain't living right. And you don't know they ain't living right because you ain't in the spirit on the Lord's day. Because you trying to live up to sister living right and sister living right ain't right. Because sister living right ain't really accepted Jesus in her heart. The only thing she was taught is this is how you supposed to dress when you come in the house of the Lord. This is what you suppose, how you supposed to present yourself. Y'all, that's all well and good. But we need to tell them what Jesus have done. Jesus is the one that saved us. Jesus is the one that sanctified us. Jesus is the one that made us righteous, that made us holy, that has made us who we are now that we in him. And without him, we're nothing. We are nothing. So God is letting you to know I'm faithful outside of you. Outside of what you want to believe. God said, I'm going to remain faithful to you. And then this is what, where I'm going next. If God is faithful, the question is, why we don't trust him? And this is what God gave me out of scripture. I said, okay, God, we know that you're faithful because faith come by hearing, hearing come by the word of God. We know you're a man that you shall not lie. 
We know, God, that you're trustworthy because your words say you're trustworthy. And in order for me to know that I have to be with you, I have to have a relationship with you. But before I go to the question of why we don't trust him, the Lord put this before me. Y'all, when you're in a relationship, male and female, when you feel like you found the apple of your eye or you found that hunk or boaz that you felt like this is the one, this is the one, this is the one, but it could be tricky sound. But that's the one, see, Tricky Sam told you know how to wine you, know how to dine you, know how to give you his mama's money and use his mama resources and they were never his. Because he done this for so long, he done got part of your heart. You know how he smell, you know how he sound, you know the time he gonna call. He is so precise, y'all. He, everything he tell you, he do it. And sometimes he pop up with sweet nothings. Oh, Jesus, this got to be the one. Come on, they come as angels of light. And then they come to tell you, oh, how I love Jesus. They didn't really start loving Jesus until you start talking about Jesus. Now they can talk the talk and they can walk just like you. And they can do their dance just like put on some music. Oh, that's the one. Thank you, God. So you praising God in church because that's the one, baby. I found my Boaz. So you learning to depend on that man or that woman let me go back to the women men men you feel like you found your princess she's so well behaved and you know she's so respectful and she even cook and bring you your plate she don't let you go hungry she calling you making sure you up for work she's calling you or texting you and before you go to bed she's just praying with you and just singing got a beautiful voice like an angel oh god that got to be my wife she's sending plates over there but you didn't see her cook them you know, but they were so good and you're bragging on her biscuits and they come out of the frozen food department and you just said that's the best woman in the world. She make my mama biscuits. Ain't nobody can make biscuits like my mama. Mama, I believe she got you beat. That's the one. So you excited. So now you feeling like I can trust him. I can trust her with my life. We're inseparable, right? You talk all night, you text during the day, and oh, you're just so, so in love. And you depend on that person. And everything is okay. And you fell so in love that you can feel when that person is going through. Have you ever been like that? Something ain't right with that person. Their voice don't sound right. They ain't sounding too thrilled today. And I fed them today and they still ain't sounding too happy. Something just ain't right because, darling, I, I know how he's supposed to feel when he eat my food. He, he's supposed to have a certain expression on his face, especially when he bite into the biscuit. That, that same expression ain't there today. So I look and say, baby, what's wrong with you today? Something is just off. 
And they began to tell you, you know, I didn't have such a, I knew it wasn't my biscuit. Because you, you just didn't do this when you eat my biscuit. I, I know your expressions. I know how you move your eyes. And I know how you just rock a little bit when you eat my food. And I know how you're working your toes, man, when you're getting a good meal. I just know how you is. Mm. That man learned you. You learned that man. Guess what happened? They stole your heart. Your heart beating just like theirs. They stole your heart and you can just see them through the day. And one thing that they do, they tell you what they're going to do. And Greg, you go tell everybody what darling said. My baby said she's going to cook me a good dinner tonight. And she told me she's going to do all this for me. So you telling your, your friends what darling is going to do because you excited because you have confidence in darling. And you say, I can't wait until the night when I see my baby darling. I'm going to have that food. You already seen that steak. She say she was going to cook that potato and that salad. You seen it even before you eat it because you know darling ain't going to lie to you because that's your baby because you don't spend time with her and you know her. Right? Is that not right? So you holding on to that because you know that person will not fail you. But when it comes to God, and he don't lie, we let go of him. We don't trust him. Why, God? When, God? Why did this have to happen to me? We don't trust him. But we get excited because someone we spent time with promised us something. We don't even have it in our hands, minister. We don't have it. But we have so much trust in that man or that woman. I don't have to have it to know I got it. That's what we do. It's already mine. And we're telling everybody what we got. They don't even see it. But we're telling them. But when it comes to believing God, hmm, we don't talk about it. <laughs> we don't brag about it. Evangelists won't brag about it. Ain't no use to bragging about nothing I don't see right now. Ain't no use to praising right now because I ain't got it. Now when I get it, I'm going to do a dance Sunday morning. But I ain't dancing until I get it, Julia. I ain't moving these little legs. Until it's in my hand. See, those are the doubt and Thomases. Let me give you another example. They're children. My children, your children. They look to their parents. And everything a parent say is truth. And that child will go to that parent and say, Daddy, Daddy, can I have a bicycle? And the daddy will say, Son, I'm getting ready to get a raise. Soon as I get my raise, I'm going to get you that bicycle. And that child leave the house and he go in the garage. He prepare a spot for that bicycle. 
He's getting ready. Daddy, look, I'm going to park my bike right here. This is my spot, Daddy. This is where my bike is going. He's preparing himself for what his daddy said he was going to give him. And then after all of that, he go talk to his friends and say, guess what? I got a bicycle. And they're looking at him like, where is your bicycle? We don't see a bicycle. My daddy told me he get me a bicycle and my daddy don't lie. So already got me a bicycle. They telling them the color. They telling them how they're going to ride it. They telling them I'm going to meet you over your house, man. We're going to have fun on my bicycle. I'll ride you even in the handlebars. Because they have so much faith in daddy. So they go to mama and they say, mama, mama, daddy going to get you a bi- get me a bicycle. And mama say, is that what he's over here? Yeah, mama, he's going to get you a bike. He's going to get me a bicycle. Okay. And in that mind of that mama, if you see that bicycle, Jesus coming. <laughs> but that son holds on to what daddy said because they trust daddy. So one day when it's time for daddy to present the bicycle, daddy come to the son and say, son, I can't give you that bicycle. My intentions were to give it to you, but they didn't give me a raise. That son heart melts. That son, look at that daddy from now on when that daddy is talking and say, Daddy, you told me before you was going to get me a bicycle and you didn't get me that bicycle. And they're not going to have that trust in that daddy like they used to. But I know a daddy that's in heaven. That when he promised you something, it don't matter what's going on in your life, he fulfilled it. But we don't prepare ourselves for what the word is telling us. We don't go tell everybody, guess what? I'm healed. I'm healed. Thank you, Jesus. I'm healed. No, we like, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Get out of my face. Go sit down somewhere. Don't you know I'm hurt? You don't see nobody. You don't see me hurt. Nobody don't care I'm hurt. your neighbor say neighbor is God still faithful outside of us he's still faithful outside of our foolishness outside of us pretending God is still faithful he's faithful to the faithful list how do I know this because there was a man named Thomas And Jesus died. They pierced him in his side, in his hands. The nails was in his hands. They were in his side. And the disciples saw Jesus. But when old Thomas came in, come in, and they told him, we saw Jesus. Thomas said, unless I see the nails in his hands and how they pierced him in his side, Unless I see it, I ain't believing it. So guess what? Jesus showed up. And he said, Thomas, come here. He said, Thomas, look at the nails in my hand. Come touch him, Thomas. 
He said, Thomas, look at my side. How to pierce me in the side. He said, my Lord. He accepted him as Lord then because he saw it. And Jesus said, Thomas, blessed are those who have not seen, but yet still believe. Those are the ones that trust him when they don't see. See, our problem is we want to see to believe. That's not faith. Faith is, I don't have it in the natural, but I know it's already mine. Because God promises in Christ is yes. That means that they are amen in us. That means it is so. So what is our problem? I'm not believing God. God told me this. He said, and this is the confidence that we have in him in 1 John 5, 14, that whatsoever we asked him according to his will, we know that it's ours. So God said, my people don't have assurance in me. He said, the reason why they don't have insurance in me because they have not spent time with me. They don't have a relationship with me. To have that confidence and assurance. Because before you go to God in prayer, you're supposed to have an assurance in you that you already have it before you asked. That means you're supposed to already believe that it's yours before you asked. And that takes time, people. We have so many people that get saved and they're excited for Jesus. But I got something to tell you. It's good to be excited, but there are some bumps in the road sometimes. And those bumps knock you off course and and make you feel like God ain't done what he said. But that's a part of life. God wants us to take his word. God said that we're supposed to take his word and confess his word and hold on to that word, knowing that God is faithful to his promise. That's the confession of our faith. Without wavering, we knowing that God is faithful to what he has promised. That's when we say, God, regardless of the circumstance, I know what you said to me. Regardless of how my bank account look, I know what you said to me. Regardless of how my body feel, I know what you said to me. And you don't lie to me, God. This is why when it looked like. What God has promised is not being fulfilled. That's when you go to the Holy Spirit and you say, Holy Spirit, I need some help with this. Because it's been a long time waiting. And I don't understand. I do understand this. It ain't God. So it has to be me. What am I holding on to for this manifestation in my life not to come forth? Because God is faithful. I've seen too many people in the word that trusted him, that stood on his word, and manifestation took place. So God, what's going on in my life where it's not manifesting? And the Holy Spirit will let you know, be still. And know that he's God. Let me tell you what God does in these situations. I'll give you Abraham. The situation with Abraham, God made it. Till he got a hundred and Sarah got 90. So man or no, it wasn't your doing. It was my doing. This is an impossible thing. So if I went on and let her have Isaac when she could have children, they would say, 
That's normal. He said, but if I've done something out of the norm where man can't fix it, they're going to know that there's a God. See, our problem is we want it right then and right now. But God said, I'm the part of you, the clay. I got to make you. And while I'm making you, I'm going to keep you because the promise is already yours. But I want people to know through you that I am God. But we want such a quick fix, y'all. I don't know about you. Have you ever been so broke you can't pay attention? Let's be honest. So broke you can't even pay attention. The only thing you're thinking about is, I need some money. That's just how broke you are. But when you're focusing on God has blessed me. With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, when you're focusing on that, you're paying attention to what he has done, not to what you don't have in the natural. And then when you keep focusing on his goodness, his mercy, his loving kindness, you end up having more than enough. Because you know that God is faithful, God is true. Y'all, how do I know that God is faithful and true? How can I tell you these things? See, I don't tell you these things just to give you a sermon. See, that's the problem with people. People pick something out of the Bible just to give it to you, to say, I gave you a word from the Lord. I'm telling you these things because who leave a job? (laughs) Flat out, leave your money. To go teach folk. And who leave a job when you don't even have a congregation? Don't even have people coming in. Don't have nowhere to put people. But you have a promise. You have a word from the Lord. See, I had the word, but I ain't have nobody. (laughs) Didn't have the people, but I had a word. I had a promise, y'all. So I had to stand on the promise that God had given me. I had to preach to chairs when it was nobody there because I had a promise and people laughed at me. People didn't want to come to what I was doing because they ain't seen no people, apostle. You know, they just saw a little house on the prairie. They just saw a house. Who goes to a house to have church? Matter of fact, who go to your kitchen to have church? Some people do that, but they doing it, but God didn't tell them to do it. See, that's why you got to hear God, because whatever God give you, man can't take it from you, not unless you give it to man. See, when you listen to man by the enemy using men, and I'm talking about men and women of the cloth. I remember when we was at Little House on the Prairie, I had somebody to say that God didn't want me there. He wanted me to be seen. This was a person of the cloth. He didn't want me out there in the woods. Was John the Baptist in the wilderness? Did John the Baptist eat honey and locusts? But they come to John in the wilderness. So they were saying, you got to get from over there if you want to be heard. No, I don't. I'm going where God tell me to go. See, me, it wasn't all about big buildings. It wasn't all about all this fancy stuff. It wasn't all about gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy. I had a word from the Lord. If nobody didn't come, I was going to be faithful to his promise with the help of the Holy Spirit. See, we got too many churches on blocks. We got too many people trying to set up something before your time. Because God said, if you be faithful in little, I'll make you ruler over much. 
That means whatever I put in your hand, if you're a water boy for the football team, be the best water boy it is because you're going to play on that team. God said, I'm putting you in position in this spot to get you where I want to carry you. See, some of us, just because we got a singing voice, don't mean you're going to be on the choir. See, because I'll take you and put you at the door. You know why I put you at the door? I have you singing at the door to the people coming in. God do that to humble you, to let you know you got to come down, baby. Just because you can sing don't mean you're going to be singing. See, people want these positions for people to recognize their ability, and they do it sneakily to try to get profit. Evangelist. They, they try to, you know, behind the scenes, tell people what the word is saying, and ain't in it. Where's this coming from? It's coming from wanting to be seen, heard, and attached to. So God wants us to know today he's faithful outside of us. God is faithful outside of what we do or what we don't do. And y'all, we're in a time right now, we got to trust in what he told us and what man is saying. I'm here to tell you, I have learned this, even in my marriage. That man over there was my idol. Everywhere he went, I wanted to go. I don't care if it was a race or wherever. I'm getting in the car. I'm going. That's the end of it. Period. Where you go, I go. Where you lay your head, I'm going to lay my head, man. That's how it's going to work. Amen. Some of y'all like that right now. But one day, when I got so depressed, shaking, didn't know what was going on in my life, I called this man. This man couldn't hold me like I wanted him to hold me. No matter what this man said, didn't matter no more. Because I still had that same feeling. But I remember one day, I realized, I come to my senses like the prodigal son. I said, this man can't do it for me. I need you, Jesus. And I remember I had an aunt. And this aunt would always uh, talk to me about Jesus. And she said, you're such a good girl. You need to come on and accept Jesus into your life. And I told her on the phone, I said, I ain't going to be like them hypocrites. I said, you go to church and they're in there shouting and they're praising Jesus and come out and living just like heathens. I said, "Uh uh-uh, because when I accept him, I'm going to hold on to him. I ain't turning around. I said, I ain't ready for it yet. Now, y'all, I wasn't hanging out, wasn't even a good cursor, wasn't doing nothing, but my heart wasn't right. And that's what she was telling me. But when that depression hit me, that's the first thing I heard in my head. You need to come to Jesus. Wasn't telling me why I need to come to Jesus. I just need to come to Jesus. Maybe if I got the explanation of what it done, maybe I would have came quicker. (laughs) Didn't get no explanation. Only thing I got was you good. What did Jesus say? Ain't nobody good but God. And I knew I had my little bad hidden secrets. I knew that, so I was just like the ones in church. But long story short, when I got to a point in my life that I realized nobody can help me but God, I called on my dead granddaddy because he loved the Lord, my dead mother. Guess what, y'all, they ain't answer me. I asked them for help. I said, yeah, I heard you helped everybody else. Come help me. I wasn't scared of ghosts then. I just wanted you to touch me. Take this away. Y'all know what I mean? If they showed up in the room, I would be, help me. But, you know, that's all I could do. But when I called on Jesus, and this was my plan. Okay, I'm going to get saved, and 
I'm going to love the Lord and this feeling just going to leave me. Got saved and sat there. I said, something ain't right. I accepted him. Why am I still feeling like I'm feeling? And the reason being was my spirit changed. My soul did not change. My mind, my will, and my emotions, I was still feeling tore up. I was still feeling like I was alone. But nobody never explained that to me. But one thing I didn't do was let go of it. And I'll never forget, I was pressing forward. Yet, y'all, I couldn't even comb my hair from shaking. Couldn't stand to hear my son in the room. I told my husband, get him out of this room. He can't be in here with me. I was so toe up. Now I only know if my Aunt Shirley remember. I went down to her job, and she was a supervisor. And I said, well, I'm going to talk to my aunt. Maybe she can help me. I can't take this no more. Y'all, I was tore up. And she was so busy, Shirley took me out to lunch. We went to Golden Corral. I guess they say food will do it for your soul. But the food didn't help me because I couldn't eat, y'all. I couldn't stand the smell of food. Lost so much weight. And I remember one day, I, I went to the doctor and he said, you going through something in your life and this happened once in your life? I'm like, well, thank you, Jesus. I got a solution. This happens once in my life. He said, take these pills and you're going to feel better. My trust got into the pill. So I went home, couldn't wait, wait to pop it. Pop that pill, nothing happened. Feeling the same way. So I remember I went back to that doctor's office. Y'all, I was a hot mess. I, that feeling I had, I can't describe it. I took the doctor's door and was shaking, and they wouldn't let me in the back. That's just how tore up I was. So he upped my doses. Went home and took it, and I was at my desk. I, I know exactly how I was sitting. I was directed then, listening to the people. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, y'all felt good. I'm, in my mind, I'm like, this feel good. This feel good. I feel good. The pill wore off, and I went back to my same state. And I remember I said, Lord, what's wrong with me? And I heard the Holy Spirit say, it's your mind. I'm like, my mind? And I remember mind controlling body. So the Lord said, trust me. I'm hearing the Holy Spirit. Get rid of the pills. I put the pills in my pocketbook. He said, you ain't trusting me. Because I still was relying on that if it didn't work. He said, trust me. I put them in the medicine cabinet. He said, you ain't trusting me. Y'all, I threw the pills away and like my mind snapped. Y'all, a whole different, I mean, it was totally different in my life. I could hear God more. And I remember I began to glorify God. Now, don't think you ain't going to get tried again. Because I did. But the difference was, I recognized, God, if you can't help me, there's nobody can. And see, the Lord let me know in that moment, you were dependent on a man, which was your husband. And this man said, spend all the money you want. I said, man, if you gave me a million dollars. That wouldn't touch what's going on with me. I can't even explain what's going on with me. So he tried to help me with material things. Y'all, it got so bad, I got us in so much debt trying to find material things to fix me. That when I come out of it and he saw all this debt, he's scratching his head. What happened? You don't know. But anyhow, God fixed it. But how did he fix it? I allowed him to fix it by saying, God, man can't do this. You're the only one that can do it. And the more I fellowship with my father, I'm going to tell you how he did it. I forgot I had a husband. 
And the day I remembered I had a husband, now don't get me wrong, I, I fed him, I cooked for him, done all the little wifely duties, but I got a note. And when I got the note, I was on my way to Bible study. He would let me know I forgot all about him and da-da-da-da-da-da. Y'all, I opened that letter. I called him. I said, what you mean? Giving me a note. When I got to go to Bible study and teach these people, is something you lost your mind. I was fussing him outside the road before I hit 53. And he said humbly, I am so sorry that I gave you that note before Bible study. But I had to tell you how I felt. I hung up on him. The moment I hung up, the Holy Spirit said, get your priorities in order. He said, it's me, your husband, your children, and then it's the church. When I heard the Spirit of the Lord speak, I started crying like a baby. I said, Lord, forgive me. I was wrong for what I have done. But you knew my heart, God. You have helped me so much, nothing mattered around me but you. God said, now you know who's first. But you got to have order in your home. From that day forward, I called my husband back. I had to apologize before I ministered. Because I would have been a hypocrite, y'all. What am I saying to you? God showed me his faithfulness. He showed me my idol in my life, which was my husband. I trusted this man. But how many know that men will fail you? And God will show you that men will fail you. He said, put no trust in no man. I love my husband, but I do not trust him more than I trust God because he will fail me. And when he failed me, I got to know how to lean on the one I trust, which is God. Men and women of God, I'm telling you, quit trusting a husband, quit trusting a wife because they are not God. They will fail you. And the moment they don't do something you want them to do, your heart is broken. And you saying, how can you do me this way? How can you talk to me this way? I'm your wife or I'm your husband. They are not God. He's the only faithful one in your life. I don't care how saved they are. I don't care if they're laying hands on the sick. I don't care if they got a lot of money in the world. They still ain't God. They're going to disappoint you in some kind of way. They can quote the Bible from the front to the back, from the back to the front. That's why you trust in his faithfulness. So when that man or woman of the cloth lets you down, you can forgive them because your trust wasn't in them. Something wrong with the church. Y'all, if it wasn't for trust in Jesus, in my life, ask him. He can tell you if the Lord allow it. I'm telling you, y'all, if it wasn't for trusting him, ask some of these church members up in here. Come on. I'm telling you, thank God that he planted me for Miracle Temple. And wherever God plants you, that's where he expects you to be. Through everything that go on, it is not your decision to uproot yourself because of offense. We got people right now in here is still deciding whether to stay or to go. Because you got a fence in you. Because somebody didn't say nothing right to you. And some people sitting here with their mind not here is somewhere else because they just lost the zeal for Miracle Temple. It ain't like it used to be. No, it's you. You got to get you right. When you get right, you'll be able to see what God is doing amongst you. 
When we get so much in self, we don't see God moving. We only see what we want to see. We see people how we want to see them. Everybody got fault except us. Nobody can do it like we can do it. But I'm here to tell you, God is faithful. He's trustworthy. You can depend on him. So whatever you're going through today, I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you, don't you give up on God. If God has given you his word, his word is true. And you need to stand on his word. If you go to God, and this is where we miss it, y'all. If you ain't never been in your word, I'm going to give you this true story about this man. There was a man who was a diabetic. He got in the line after the lady had preached dealing with faith and dealing with God. And after the, the sermon, you know, he accepted that he was healed. He was free from being a diabetic. So he went home. And every day he's used to taking his insulin. So he went in the refrigerator and... As he was grabbing the insulin, the Holy Spirit said, you heal. You don't need no insulin. He said, that's right. I'm healed. Didn't take his insulin. So when he went back to his doctor and the doctor ran tests on him, he said, uh, something's going on with you. He said, what's going on with me? He said, we don't show no signs no more of you being a diabetic. So he went back to church and he gave a testimony about how God healed him. And now he trusted God for that healing. There was somebody in the church that heard about the man healing. So they heard God told him to quit taking his medicine. So they went home and didn't take their diabetic medicine. And they had to be rushed to the hospital. Let me tell you what the difference is. If you got a relationship with God and you spend time with God, and you hear the Holy Spirit tell you not to do it, to trust God, you don't do it. But if you're not in that place with God, take your medicine, giving God glory that you are still the healed of the Lord, and you take it as long as you need it. But don't do nothing somebody else is doing just to show how spiritual you are, and don't feel guilty because you're doing it, but know that your heart is, I don't have to have it, but I'm going to take it until I get into a place where I don't have to. You have to hear the Spirit. When the Spirit is speaking, when God told me to get rid of the pill, I heard the Spirit, and that's why change came. Because it was by faith. It was leaning and depending on Him. We got people playing games in church. Some people, you can't tell what you're doing. Because they're young in Christ and they try to do what you do and they say, well, it worked for her. It'll work for me. You don't know how long they've been in that word. You don't know how far they have come to get where they are. So people need to quit telling people to cut stuff off. No, you're going to kill somebody. You don't see them in church. They ain't getting in their word. They ain't doing what the Bible says and you're going to tell them to quit. Don't you dare. Look at their lifestyle. It's your job to give them what the word says, not to tell them to stop doing something. They have to hear God for themselves. And the only way they do that, if they're trusting him, you got to have trust in him for yourself. Don't do it because I do it because nobody else do it. And let me tell you something. Ain't no struggle in God. When God tell you to do something, that's why when you're going through in your life, you have the Holy Spirit say, Holy Spirit, what do I do in this situation? Do I do this? Do I go 
get some money from my daddy or just wait? And if he said, wait, you wait. And then if you don't hear nothing, you wait. Because you ain't hearing nothing. This is what I always say. If I'm unsure, sometimes we have uncertainty and we don't want to mess up. I'll say, Lord, if I ain't hearing you, send somebody else. You already know. I don't want to do that with people, making people feel like I'm the great this or that. Because ain't nobody great but him. Ain't nobody can do what you need to be get done in your life but him working through you. But I am so tired of people playing games in church. We got wannabes in church. We want people doing something because somebody else done it. If it was never done, you don't see nobody doing it. But when somebody start doing something in church, now everybody got a bright idea. Well, I believe I'll do that. Well, were you going to do that before they done it? What made you do it? You saw somebody else do it. So now you need to wait and say, Lord, is this me or is this you? Am I doing it to draw attention to me or I'm really doing it for that person? That's why we wait on him. God is faithful, y'all. He's so faithful. So I'm encouraging you today. I'm encouraging everybody in this room that's going through in their body. You've been going through for such a long time. And you say you've been trusting God. But you're still going through with the same thing. Do we have Abrahams in here that can say I'm fully persuaded that at what God said he would do? Are we fully persuaded at what God gave us? Because if God gave you a spoken word, he wants you to stand on that word no matter how you feel. No matter how the bank look, he wants you to be fully persuaded. And I'm telling you, y'all, trusting God in these areas, you got to know who he is. And the more you stand still and know that he's God, the more joy you get of saying, okay, God, if you've done this, I know you can do that. And that's when you move forward in each area of your life. Y'all, this ministry have been through some stuff where there's no money, not enough money to do this with or do that with. But guess what me and my husband say? Oh, well, (laughs) God, we trust you. You haven't seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. And I ain't lying. God will take the little that we have and he'll make it much. And everybody will get what they need. This is why I can't count on people. I count on God. God is the one that changed people's hearts to get done what need to get done for this ministry. You cannot trust man when it comes to your money. Man will change on you. Because man will make you a promise and say, I got you, girl. Then as soon as the bill pop up, well, you know what? I had you. But something come up, so I got to take care of this, Brother Cliff, and I can't take care of you. Now, you understand, God bless. But when you make a commitment, God knows your heart. And if you trust in God, you're going to fulfill what you said outside of what you see. And won't he do it, Julia? I said, won't he do it? Won't he send the money in the mail? Won't he give you more than enough? I feel my help. That's a lie. It's already on. He'll do it. Because he know your faithfulness. He know what you committed to. And your word is your bond. So this is why, y'all, when you know how faithful he is, you can have assurance in him to say, God won't fail me. 
No matter what it looked like, God will not fail me. God already done worked it out for me. He's going to remain faithful. God, that's your word. God, Abraham waited 25 years and you fulfilled that promise to let people know that there's a God in Israel. So I'm here to tell y'all this morning or this afternoon, God is still faithful. So whatever you're going through right now, don't let the enemy take your focus off God. Just remember, God is who he say he is. He will not deny himself. And I'm going to leave you with Paul. In the book of Corinth, in the uh, first Corinthians, y'all know they were having problems in the church. And Paul was hearing about these problems, so Paul was bringing correction in that church. And Paul, at the end of uh, Corinthians, first Corinthians in 16, he was telling them that he was going to come visit them. He said, you know, I'm going to Macedonia when I come back through. He said, I'm going to stop in and I'm going to visit you. Now, but Paul said after that, if the Lord permits. Because Paul knew he's just a man. And what Paul was going to bring them was the word of God. But then it happens in 2 Corinthians 1.20. Y'all know that verse of scripture that it says that all the promises in God is yes and in Jesus is yes and in him is amen to the glory of God in us. That was Paul that wrote that through the help of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you why Paul wrote it. See, if we understand why these things are written, we can get some illumination. What happened was Paul told them he was coming. But he said, if the Lord permits. But then Paul could not come at the time. So they started messing up Paul's reputation. Because they were saying, your yes got to be yes and your no got to be no. Now they was looking at Paul as one that changed his mind. Don't believe this man because he changed his mind. But guess what Paul was bringing? He was bringing the gospel. He was bringing the truth. So that was making people feel like they don't want to hear from Paul because, Paul, you told us something and you didn't show up. But Paul was letting them know what I am giving you, it comes through Jesus Christ. These are not my words. These are his words and all of his promises. In him is yes and in him is amen. So Paul is letting them know what I'm bringing is coming through him. It's not coming through Paul. That's not going to change. Things may change in my life, but he's not going to change what I'm bringing you. I want y'all to understand this. People make you promises. But I'm going to tell you one thing you don't do. You can't hold on to that because stuff do change. People change. But God's word will never change. Now, if those people are faithful people and they know the word, if they say yes, they're going to say, God, this is what I want to do. I know things are going to come up. I don't know about y'all. You line your bills up, right? Everybody know what they got to pay from week to week, every two weeks, every month. However you get paid, you're going to line up who you owe. Oh, no man, nothing but the loving, right? You're going to line it up. So when somebody's asking you for something, it ain't in the lineup. Look at your neighbor say, he ain't in the lineup. Was never in the lineup. And don't know if it's going to be in the lineup. Is that truth or not? But your heart says, I want to put it in the lineup. I want to add to it. That means God ain't left none of us without nothing. 
Let's be honest. You're going to have a dollar left. You put God first and you pay your bills. You're going to have something left over that you're going to start budgeting from. Ain't that right? Maybe $10 a week, maybe five, maybe something. You're going to have something because your car's still moving. Is that not right? Y'all, we're doing a little class. So if I know I'm having something left, if it's $5, I'm going to lay aside a seed. Give me a high five, woman God. I'm going to lay aside something. It's going to be something laid aside if it ain't number one dollar. I'm going to lay it aside because I want to do something rather than nothing because I serve Manny, a faithful God. And he know my heart, and he said, if I give, it's going to be given back to me. He said, I give seed to the sower. I give bread to the eater. Y'all, if I'm not sowing, I ain't getting no seed. Is that not right? So everything, and see, one thing what Paul, he said in 1 Corinthians 16, he said, lay aside. So when I come, there won't be what? No what, man? No gatherings. That means you don't have to. Wait a minute. Let me see what I got in my pocket. I got these some change somewhere in there, Miss Mary. Deep, deep. Because you already laid it from your heart. We shouldn't have to come to church and decide what we're going to give. It should already be in your heart. It should already be laid aside. Y'all know what I mean. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Y'all know what savings is. Savings mean I'm saving it. That's something I laid aside for if something happened, Kimala. So that means don't you ask for not a quarter because I ain't got it. And some people say they ain't got it, but it's in savings. But that still means ain't got it because if I ain't using it, it sure ain't for you. Ain't got it. You're lying. The devil done entered. That's for me. That's for a rainy day. And you're still struggling. <laughs> so Paul was letting them know. What I'm bringing you, and he said, God is true. God is true. So this is what I'm telling you, y'all. The games are over. The games are over. Either we're going to be about our father's business or we're not. Don't say yes and it's no. God showed me a dream the other night. I had asked someone in the dream to go do something, and they went. But then what I asked them to do didn't get done. That means they wanted me to think they were doing. And they wanted to do. But the sound I heard, it wasn't done. So what am I telling you? Quit telling people you're going to do something. And it ain't in your heart to do. It's not going to be done well. And it's not going to be carried out the way it needs to. When you know his faithfulness, that helps you to be faithful. When you know how he laid down his life for others, that helps you to lay down your life for others. That means that if you in your word, you're going to do what he's done outside of you, outside of what you feel like you need to do. Y'all, this ministry here is a living witness to that. And if people been in here long enough, people should know me and my husband lay aside ourselves for others. Why? How do I do it? It's because who I am in him. It's not because of me. It's because who I am in him. And by me allowing him to flow through me, I don't have a problem helping nobody that's in need. Why? Because that's what the Bible tells me to do. 
So I'm telling you, when you know how faithful he is, you can be faithful because you know his faithfulness. So I speak over you today, whatever you're going through in your body, stand. Doing all you stand because if God has given you a word, if you have went in the word and you have pulled out a promise, stand on that promise and say, God, you got to honor your word because you don't lie. If you're going through in your finances and it looked like you can't find employment, it looked like bills are piling up, say, God, I'm still going to remain faithful. I'm still going to give. Well, whatever I have, I'm still going to give. And I'm going to use Tony back there, for instance. i never forget Tony. Tony was just starting out, and he kept speaking, y'all, kept speaking. I'm going to give into the kingdom of God. Pastor, I want to help you. Pastor, I want to do this for you. I said, Tony, God knows your heart, and that's what he's going to look at, your heart. I said, you give whatever you can, and God is going to honor that. I remember Tony's first check. It was $1. But he wrote the check out for that. And I'm not putting him out there, but I'm going to tell you something. He was faithful in his giving. If Tony wasn't at church, he would be at my house. Here, Pastor, I want to make sure this go in there. He was giving from the heart. It, he was giving what he was uh, led to give. He didn't have a job then, but Tony gave from what he had. And not only us, he helped others. He said, I just want to be there for other people. I just want to help. Pastor, I'm going to give you the, I said, Tony, I'm not worrying about all that. Whatever God tell you, that's what you do. Hear the spirit. You don't worry about me. You hear what the spirit is telling you. Tony would always give, always give. Next thing you know, doors of opportunity. Begin to open for Tony. Tony would call me and say, Pastor, I ain't going to be there. I got to go over here and do this right here. But I knew that God was working. And Pastor, if God is telling you something for me, you tell me, Pastor. I said, Tony, you can hear him for yourself. I said, keep your heart open. He couldn't get me. He was blowing up my husband's phone. But he would always speak those things that be not as though they were. And some things he would speak, I said, Tony, I'm fine, I'm fine, Tony, I'm fine. Let God hear your heart. Now, see, if I was a crooked pastor, I'd be like, boy, you think this dollar going to keep them lights on? You might as well keep that. Go get you a tea. Mm -mm, I don't work like that. Because every little bit counts. The woman gave the little mite. And they gave more, but Jesus looked at the might more than he looked at more because their hearts wasn't right. So what am I telling you today? God is faithful, y'all, outside of you. Whatever you choose not to do, my trust ain't in you. It's always been in God. I always have to look to the hills for which come with my help because I'm here to tell you, most pastors have a congregation, but they got a job. I'm going to say it again. You go all around everywhere. They got jobs, don't they? And they got a weekend job as a church. But this pastor that God set aside, he said, I want you to come off. Y'all, I was young, had two children, me and my husband. Then this man going to tell me God want him to come off. What's wrong with you? But I knew because God told me he wanted him to come off, but I was afraid to tell him. I said, I ain't telling him right now. I said, God's going to tell you for yourself. Because guess what? I could count on that check. I ain't lying. I ain't lying. I knew God was telling me he's coming off his job. And I'm saying, 
Uh-huh. I, I hear you, God. So he said, when am I coming on my job? You come off your, I said, you need to hear God for yourself. You need to let God tell you that I ain't telling you nothing. Because I was holding on to that paycheck, and this man made some digits. Y'all hear me? Life insurance, health insurance, 401K, retirement. Who leaves all that? Can anybody answer? Who leaves all those benefits? And you got a wife and two children. Then I left all my benefits. Didn't bring nothing to put in the bank. Just bought me. (laughs) And Jesus. But he told me to do it. And it's been 17 years. And I'm still here. People have left. People have not given. People have lied on me. People say I don't need nothing. But I'm still and it ain't because of man. It's because of him. I learned in him I move. In him I live. And in him I have my being. It don't matter what people think. It don't matter what people say. I have a word from the Lord. And until he tell me to do something different, this is where I am. Come on and give God glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Isn't he good? Isn't he faithful? So hold on to God is faithful outside of us. Amen. Do we have any visitors that would like to stand at this time? And any announcements?